Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julio Sadeomi again. We are going through the book of Hebrews. We are in chapter 2. And this chapter 2 is deep in that it was revealed to us that Christ actually abolished death. He became our champion against Satan, against physical death. Already conquered spiritual death for us by giving us by born again experience. That's how we conquer spiritual death. But against the physical death is what is really revealing to us here in chapter 2 of Hebrews. From verse 14, we are going to start again. So for as much then as the children, that we that are believers are the children he's talking about, are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise, that's God from heaven, who became human being like us, took on the human being form and came like a Jesus Christ. He himself likewise took part of the same, of the same flesh and blood, that through death, through his own death, he might destroy him that has the power of death, that is the devil. That was what I was explaining in the last broadcast. Like the Lord Jesus Christ took on his human, human body and he came and was, when he was preaching, he said, I have the power to lay down my life and I have the power to take it again. No man take my life from me. So he became champion for mankind to come against the Satan that have been killing humanity, that have been killing man, putting human, taking human beings to hell or to, to in death. And only those that are rescued from their hand are, are, are kept in paradise because their body is destroyed or not. So they can't come back unless they get a new body. So that is why God said they will, God will have to raise every human being back into another body. Whether they are going to hell or going to throne away or not, they will still be given another body that will never die before their time comes. Because that's what the Bible says. That there will be the resurrection at the end of all things. But before that end of all things, these Christians, the believers, holy people will be reconciled first, 1,000 years before the judgment. Holy people will be resurrected first, 1,000 years before the end, before the final great judgment, and to live or not for 1,000 years in peace. God giving this planet back to the holy people. That is in the book of Revelation chapter 20, you read that. So, Christ came to be a champion of mankind, that's what this verse 14 he was talking about, and he destroyed him that has the power of death. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Human beings have been subject to bondages because of fear of death. Because the devil is ter ter terrifying humanity with death, physical death. And so many people went to form occultic groups where they are worshipping Satan. Some of them joining the occultic groups to keep themselves safe from these people that are killing human beings. And in the end they also die because after the while they also are taken to hell. But it's through the fear of death that many were subject themselves to bondage. Bondages of Satan. The Christ comes to set men free. Number one, no more fear of death because Christ has abolished it. He has the power to, to keep anybody alive. And not only that, he has made us to see that there's a place where he's taking us to. Even those who die in Christ, they are in a better place resting until everything is changed. The things are going to be changed because God is going to bring them back and give them a new body. But the fear of death has been destroyed from, for, for believers. Not just the fear of death, even the power of death has been destroyed. That's why he's saying it. That he destroyed him that has the power of death. That is the devil. Satan has been destroyed. His business has been destroyed, is what it means. He cannot operate and just kill anybody as he likes. If God does not allow it, or the Lord Jesus Christ does not permit it, he cannot allow, he cannot take any physical, any, any, any believer. In death at all. That's why he has to get permission from the Lord Jesus Christ because the Lord Jesus Christ is our Lord. 
Satan is not our Lord anymore, when we have been born again. Verse 16. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. So the sins of humanity has been the cause of all the things the devil has been doing, and Christ has come our high priest, making reconciliation for us. He shed his blood to redeem us, and we are now redeemed. Everyone that believes it, you are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now follow him, who is our high priest. And make your request known unto him. And anytime anybody falls to offenses, he says, We have an high priest, an advocate with the Father. That washes, and he also washes with our, it is blood so that we don't sin anymore. So that is essential that we must do under that blood of Jesus Christ permanently. And our sins are washed, our sins are forgiven. Verse is for in that he himself has suffered being tempted, is able to succor them that are tempted. Christ came as a human being and tasted all that things we tasted that we, that we can say temptation. He, he said he was tempted in all aspects but without sin, as the perfect lamb. And he is able to be a succorer for us, to be an intercessor for us, to be a propitiation for our sins before the Father. That's what this last few verses was talking about. And we are going to go into Hebrews chapter 3 right now. And Apostle Paul that wrote this book of Hebrews, as we believe, continuing his exhortation. We are for holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, as we, we are partaking of this heavenly calling. God is calling us, it's an heavenly calling. Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Now, Christ, Lord Jesus Christ, is also called an apostle. Why do you call an apostle? Because he said, I am sent by the Father. The word apostle means the sent one. So when he sent when he sent the twelve apostles to go and witness to go and start the church, that's why they call him apostle. He sent one directly sent by the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Lord Jesus Christ also said about himself that he was sent by the Father. So that's why we are calling him an apostle. So anyone that the Lord Jesus Christ sent out is an apostle. If you are sent out directly by the Lord Jesus Christ to go and fulfill a purpose, there is still apostles in this time. God sent him out to do something. But there are different categories of apostles. The twelve apostles are a unique category. They were the witness that they saw, they lived with him, they saw him die, they saw him resurrected, they saw him go to heaven. That's they are, they are the eyewitnesses of all that he did. So that's why they are in a, a, a class by themselves, the twelve apostles. And after that, there are other apostles, Apostle Paul, Barnabas was called an apostle, and many other apostles, people that were sent out to be like, he called Barnabas and Apostle. I'm sending them to the Gentiles. Barnabas and Apostle, that's making apostles also, also. So there are many other people. I don't know the word apostle mean anything, just sent out people. Even all these uh, missionaries that were sent by some church to go to Africa or to go to China. And they, that's they are in the in a, in, a, in a sense apostles. That apostle mean sent out one. As long as somebody sent them, now they just send themselves. That's called apostles. Then of course there are other ministries like God has sent them. The logical was called an apostle in this verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. See, consider this, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. And he's going to describe some aspects of him. Who was faithful to him that appointed him 
as also Moses was faithful in all his house. Now, he, this writer of this book, Apostle believe because he was writing to the Hebrews. The Hebrews are the Israelites in that generation. He knew that these Israelites were following the law of Moses, so they knew Moses. There were some of them in the days of Alexander, they said, Oh, we know God spoke to Moses, but we don't know about this man. He didn't want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as the Messiah. But Moses told them to listen to this prophet that God is going to send. Again. And they, they missed him. So this writer was writing back to this Hebrew saying, let's compare Moses and this and this are Christ Jesus. So that you can see that's what he's going to do, some comparison right now to make them to see that Moses was low. Low profile compared to the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, when that was exactly what was happening in on the Mount of Transfiguration. Remember, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Apostle Peter, James, and John, the three of them were taken by the Lord Jesus Christ to the mountain and said to pray alone. Three of them, three of them with the Lord Jesus Christ. And they, while they were praying, they fell asleep, but the Lord Jesus Christ was transfigured before them. They woke up and saw the Lord Jesus Christ in a glowing light. And they saw that the two people talking to the Lord Jesus Christ, and they saw them in glory, meaning that they were covered by a cloud. And they, they could identify that that was Moses. And that was Elijah. When they woke up, they started going to go and meet them and said, Master, it's good that we are here. It was Peter that uh, was reported that said it. It's good that we are here. If you will, let us make three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Just, to, just for them to, to show that they saw this two people. That's really what it meant. They are trying to tell their logical that we saw them. We saw these two people that are with you, Moses and Elijah. And that was really what they were trying to do. And what happened? He said, while they were still speaking, a cloud came and covered the apostles as they are trying to walk towards them. And that cloud put fear upon them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. What does that mean? That means, forget about Moses. Forget about Elijah. They are low. Compare my son. That's what he's saying. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. That is, don't talk about what Moses said to you guys. This is the perfect one. Just listen to him. And that is really what this one referring to when he said, let's compare Moses with this Christ Jesus our Lord. Because when Moses and Elijah came on that mount of transition, they came to get instruction, their next, their next task from the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he's the Lord of all. He's the one that sent Moses. He's the one that sent Elijah. He's the one that sent us to do this work. And he's alive forevermore. So that is really what that voice that spoke when they, on the day of transfiguration was telling the apostles that this is my beloved. They were talking about more. Oh, let's make three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. They are trying to equate Elijah Christ to Moses and Elijah. They are trying to equate him to them. And that's why the voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son. Don't talk about Moses. Don't compare him to Moses. Don't compare him to Elijah. Hear him. And you hear what he says. He is the Father, the everlasting Father, that put on a man plate. That is really what he said. And the Lord Jesus was so gentle, he said, don't be afraid, let's go. So when they, when they, were, they said they, they were so terrified, they fell down upon their faces. They fell down upon their faces until the Lord Jesus came and touched them and said, don't be afraid, touch, paralyze, and let's go. And that you see in the, in the, in the gospel. So let's continue with this uh, Hebrew chapter 3. He said, now this Hebrew, the writer to Hebrews is going to compare the logical with Moses and see 
how we can see comparison. He said he was just like Moses was faithful in all his work. He said the Lord was also faithful on him to call him. But he said, For this man, as Christ, was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who has built the house has more honor than the house. Now he's not saying it is Christ that built the house. Moses was part of the house, but Christ built the house. Verse 4. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all this is God. So why is he saying that? Because he's saying Christ is God. Verse 5. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant. For a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after that. He's going to talk more about Moses in the next few chapters. But verse 6. But Christ as a son over his own house. So logically, he came as a son. But he was the one that built the house. So he was the father that built the house. But he came as a son. He said he's over his own house. Not the over the house of his father. He said over his own house. Whose house are we? Who are this house you are talking about? It's we are the house. So whose house are we? If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope Farm unto the end. So we are to hold fast our confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ to the end. Verse 7 says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your father tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their hearts. And they have not known my ways. So I swear in my heart they shall not enter into my rest. So it's warning us about how the fathers in the days of the Hebrews, in the wilderness, they offended God because they didn't understand believe. So that we should also take it that we shouldn't be like that. You know, it's telling them that we shouldn't add in our heart like in those days when the fathers had in their heart. See, wherefore, as it is said, verse 12 said, Now take heed, as the point is trying to hit, point to us, we are to take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. That's everything we are teaching right now about the logical being the manifestation of God in the flesh. The logical has destroyed death, has destroyed that has the power of death. These are the things that he revealed to us. Don't, be, don't disbelieve it. Don't say that. Take heed lest you, lest you have an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Because we are going to get this immortality by believing it first. You have to believe these things. When I talk about Christ as abolished death, he, that we are able to live, he's able to keep us alive, not that we are able to, he's able to keep us alive and never die till he comes. If we can believe it, the step, the first step is to believe it. You see? That's the first step. It's to believe it before you now walk the walk. See, if you don't believe it, you won't, you won't walk the walk. If you don't believe this thing, all your walking will not be giving you the, the progress that we are talking about. Think of somebody that says, oh, I want to get a, a bachelor's degree. And he wanted to get a bachelor's degree from a university. But he did not register with that university. You can go and be taking their books and just be reading their books by yourself. But you are not registered for that university. You can know all the theories, all the books. You are reading yourself. You are doing all the experiments. And, but if you are not registered in that university, there will be no what they call diploma for you. You can say, I have studied every book you guys are teaching all these other students. I have done all the experiments you guys are 
uh, telling them to experiment. But are you registered in an university? Why are we going to give you a diploma that you are now a degree and how you are now a graduate? You are not graduating when you didn't register. You just want to take my money. It's not just money. Registration is part of the process. Amen. So the same way, if you don't believe all these things, you can say, I'm walking the walk, I'm walking the walk, but you don't believe in the immortality we are talking about. You don't believe Christ has abolished it. You don't believe Christ can keep you alive. Then you won't enjoy all those benefits either. So that's really what he's saying right here in this chapter, verse 12. To take heed lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in the part of the living God. Unbelief in what? Unbelief in everything we are teaching also here. You don't want to disbelieve it. If you disbelieve it, then you can't partake of this blessing. No, sir. Verse 13, but exhorting one another daily. We are to, to exhort one another daily because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. You have to keep listening and keep changing your, your, your idea. Begin to get better and better. Exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ. We are made partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. We are to hold our confidence from the beginning to the end. We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are confident in him that he has power over, over all these death and sickness and disease. We are to hold firm that confidence that he is our Lord and our Savior. He is able to save us to be eternal. We are to hold that confidence that he is the Lord of all. And is coming back to take us to glory. We are to hold that confidence that he has the power to keep us alive. For as long as it takes, if we walk with him, like he said, if a man keep my sin, shall never see death. And we have to hold that confidence till the end. Steadfast unto the end. He said, he that endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Because there will be some challenges to test your faith. There will be some challenges to, to threaten you in everything. Even the challenges that, uh, not just challenges to threaten you with death. Even challenges to, to make you want to, not to want to live a holy life is a challenge. Challenging your holiness that you have committed your life to Christ. You, see? you are to stand firm and set fast to the end. He that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. That's what the Lord says. Endure the ridicule, endure the persecution, endure the temptation to sin, endure that you will not sin. Those are all the things you have to endure. He set fast unto the end. He that endure the same shall be clothed. He that overcome the same shall inherit all things. What the Almighty God said in the book of Revelation. Chapter, verse 15 again. So while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, adding not your house as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. I'll be not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. Not all of them that provoked God. Because there are two people that demonstrate that they believe. Moses, that was Joshua and Caleb. They were not following man, they were following God, the invisible God. They knew that what God did in Egypt, it has to be God that did it. The rest people just followed Moses. When they didn't see Moses for a while, they, they said, let's, let's go back to Egypt. That was the first trial they, that, that they went through. Let's go back to Egypt. This Moses that brought us out there, we don't know what happened to him. They didn't see God see, in their camp. And that was when they made that image, the, the golden cap, because Moses was gone for 40 days. Now they make an image and say, well, you make us gods as you go before us. Let's go back to Egypt. That's what many of them want to do. No, sir. At the point, at the point, when they now went to spy the land, Joshua and Caleb came back and said, we can take the land, let's go. 
And the others say, no, we can't take the land. These people are giants. They are bigger than us. Let's see, these people, they forgot that it was God that was the, that delivered them out of Egypt. They forgot that it was God that delivered them from the hand of the Amalekites that they just fought. They thought it was their strength. Moses was even on the mountain with the rod of God. When he lifted up his rod, the, the Israelites are winning. When his hands are tired and he lifted down his rod, the Israelites are losing. They didn't know about that, but maybe he told them later. But they thought their own weapon trying to fight the Americans was what won the battle. Now they saw the giants and said, oh, we can handle this one. They didn't, they didn't remember it was God that actually delivered them out of Egypt. It was not their strength. And they forgot about God. They said, they would, let's go back to Egypt. <laughs> In the end, God was angry with them. God destroyed them all, except the two that said, don't rebel against God. God that brought us this far, he's able to give us this land. They said, let's stone, they want to stone Joshua and kill him that were standing for God. That's what this Hebrew chapter 3 was reminding we believers. That these people, they provoke God because of all their fear. Fear is unbelief. Not fear is unbelief. That's why he said in verse 12 that, take it lest we also be any, any, there be any evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But there will be a challenge to our faith. There will be a test of our faith. There will be a test of our standing of our steadfastness. We believe in the Almighty God that He has sent this world unto us, and we are going to stand firm to the end, not being afraid, right? Because we know that He is going to resurrect even the dead. He's going to raise them up and give them one thousand years to live on this earth because they they are worthy. They are tested and they stood firm for God, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said, "Our God is able to deliver us from the fire." And even if it does not, we are not going to bow to the idols. That is, they are ready to lay their life down for God. That is the faith God is looking for. We also must have that kind of faith. Not unbelief that are afraid for their life. They want to go back to Egypt and turn away from they want to turn away from uh, from the from the new the, the, the land where they are going to the promised land. They want to go back to Egypt because they saw some giants. They thought God is kind land. They didn't even remember there was God in their camp. So that is why he said, let's not have that unbelief in the party from the living God. Why it is called today, harden not your hearts as in the provocation of song, when they had heard, did provoke, albeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? They sinned, and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. So the, the major issue in the wilderness when they are following Moses was that they believed not. You say, well, why were they following if they did not believe? They went all the way to the border of Canaan. They did not believe because they had to believe God, not just Moses. Because one time Moses left and they were all ready to go back to Egypt. They saw the giant, they were ready to go back to Egypt. They did not believe God. That's what the Bible calls it. The unbelief, and the same way we are to believe the word of God that has been written to us in this Bible. The book of Revelation said, This is what God has planned for us. This is what God is going to do from the beginning to the end. God is going to resurrect the dead in Christ first for 1000 years, they're going to reign on that, and that is coming very soon. And then there will be a final judgment. We have to believe it and stake our life on it. That's really what he's saying. That you have to lay down our life for it because we believe this is the truth, and it shall come to pass. That's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the book of Daniel were saying. That while God is able to save us from fire, from lion, from death, from woodlum, from Bukwaram, uh, but even if he does not, we are not going to bow down to false idols, false gods. 
and then they were thrown to the fire and God was there to defend them because they count their life as nothing following their Lord God Almighty, Lord God Almighty. So that is the same thing is exhorting us here that let us not have evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Because our faith will have to be challenged too, just like every faith that must be tested. Every son that comes to God must be tested, tested, tempted. Temptation to offend, temptation to deny God, temptation to even curse God like that of Job. He said, curse God and die because of all that he went through. But Job passed his test, he refused to curse God. He said, God has given this thing, God has taken away, let it be the glory of God. It was not God that took it away, but he used that to at least set his mind at peace. So that is one of the things we have to remember that we must not have evil out of unbelief. Believe this thing to the end. Hold fast to the end. Our confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hold it fast to the end because He is able to save us. He is able to keep us. He is able to save us to real time. Us. That's what the Bible says. Now I'm going to go into chapter 4 of this book of Hebrew. He said in, the chapter, in verse 1 of chapter 4, he continued the exercise and said, Let us therefore fear. That's what I've been exhorting. Lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Now, what promise is he talking about? Entering into his rest. In the days of the Hebrews that followed Moses, their rest was to get into that Canaan land. They have been slaves in Egypt, and God came to deliver them, sent Moses to deliver them. And now they are going through the wilderness, which is still not a place of rest yet. Because they are slavering and they were going because they are walking. Anybody have a donkey, the donkey have to be get tired. So they are all walking for days. Two months later, they were close to the border of Canaan where they were going. Now they are just to now to enter it. And they have this unbelief because they saw giants there. And that is really what the this Bible is saying. Let us fear. Because our own promise. It's not a Canaan land in the physical land. I promise to enter that glory, the glory of God. To enter that new Jerusalem. That's the promise. To enter the mortality. That's the promise. That we are going to receive the glory back, which God has given to Adam and Adam lost it. Christ has brought it back. We are going to go to that land. But to get there, we have to continue to believe what Christ has said. You have to hold fast to the end. You have to stand your ground against Satan and believe God because God has given it to us. And that is the Steadfastness we must have, believing the word of God to the end. So let's let any of you should seem to come short of it through unbelief. Verse 2 says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Remember that. Let me let me remind you of that. Say unto us. The gospel that we are preaching right now about Christ as, as redeemed mankind, we are to believe it. By his precious blood, we are to believe it. And he has brought life and immortality to life through the gospel, we are to believe it. And as we believe it, we will be changing from glory unto glory. The same, pro, the same gospel was preached to those people in those days that they are to go from Egypt to a promised land. They followed for a while until they started showing some, some unbelief. So many people may follow this for a while, but don't show unbelief. Stand firm to the end, and he that endure to the end, the Bible says the same shall be saved. He that endureth unto the end, endure the persecution, enjoy the trial of your faith, enjoy the trials of, uh, of, uh, of, 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 of your faith. That do you still believe this thing? Do you still believe God is coming soon? Do you still believe you can live holy life? 
keep living that holy life. God is accepting you once you plead the blood of Jesus Christ. And it is that steadfastness is saving that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. We are going to continue this exhortation in the next broadcast. God bless you. Thank you.